Your Total Wine & More store is ready to serve you with our always low prices on an incredible 8,000 wines and 2,500 beers. Want it today? Try our same-day delivery or contactless curbside pickup at TotalWine.com. Whether you're grabbing your favorite beer or pouring a glass to enjoy an evening on the deck, Total Wine & More has you covered. Visit any of our 12 stores in Northern Virginia. My podcast today, he's played with some of the biggest and most diverse names in the music business. Legendary drummer Max Weinberg is my guest today. And if you haven't tried the number one weighted blanket in the world, you really haven't slept. I can't sleep without mine. My Blankwell, myblankwell.com. Check it out. Longtime drummer for Bruce Springsteen's E Street Band, known to millions of fans for his 17-year stint as the band leader to talk show host Conan O'Brien. Throughout his 50-year professional career, he has played with some of the biggest and most diverse names in music. We'll talk about all that and more, and also his performing at the Ridgefield Playhouse this Friday night. Welcome to my show, Max Weinberg. Hi, it's good to be with you today, Wendy. I'm thrilled to have you. Um, I want to way really back up, and how did music all start for you? Well, that's a great question. Uh, my parents were very musical. My- Your Total Wine & More store is ready to serve you with our always low prices on an incredible 8,000 wines and 2,500 beers. Want it today? Try our same-day delivery or contactless curbside pickup at TotalWine.com. Whether you're grabbing your favorite beer or pouring a glass to enjoy an evening on the deck, Total Wine & More has you covered. Visit any of our 12 stores in Northern Virginia. My father was a wonderful violinist, and my mother loved going to Broadway shows and went to one every Saturday afternoon, and I did from the age of... I don't even remember how young I was, till about eight or nine. Every Saturday, we'd go to a Broadway show. We'd sit in the balcony, and I just loved the spectacle, and I loved the fact that they had these 60-piece orchestras. And I saw everything from My Fair Lady to all the classics. And the house was filled with music all the time. My older Mm -hmm. sister played piano. So she was always practicing, and I had two older sisters who um, were you know, rock fans in the early days of rock and roll. They were born in the 40s and uh, loved Elvis Presley. So when he was on television, which in order was first the um, the Dorsey Brothers Summer Replacement Show oh, wow. in 1955, I think it was, and... Afterwards, seven or eight months later, Elvis Presley was on the Milton Berle show. I saw that, and then four or five months after that, he was on Ed Sullivan. So by the time Elvis Presley and his band played on Ed Sullivan, I'd already known who I was. I was, you know, almost five years old (laughs) and made a big, big impression on me, particularly his drummer, DJ Fontana who recently passed away, actually, Mm -hmm. a year ago this summer. And um, um, his original drummer, a good friend of mine, and the guy that made me want to become a drummer initially. So there was, like I said, there was always music and the entertainment business around in my house and my young experience. Wow. 
Would you take us back? Okay, as a career spanning multiple decades, as a drummer, you're, you're legendary. Take us back to your 1974 self. This brings back a lot of memories to me, too, when I say this. When you first answered that life-changing Village Voice ad, that paper has so many memories for me, too. The Village Voice was a great, great community service, actually. It was quite widely read, and they had an amazing section in the back called Public Notice Music. Yes. So it was basically one ads, and uh, you know, bands looking for musicians, musicians looking for bands, studios, rehearsal spots, um, and I would religiously read that, and Bruce and the band put this ad in, the story goes, and it's true, in the Village Voice. However, I hadn't seen the ad, but I was playing in a band with two keyboard players at the time. I was going to college, I was playing in this band, I was playing in the Broadway show Godspell. And I was living at home with my parents, Uh, and I was busy all the time. The two keyboard players somehow tangentially knew Bruce's recording people, his engineer, and they got an audition, and we played in a band together, and I didn't know about the audition until a couple weeks later, and uh, they said, you know, Max, they've been auditioning people left and right. They're looking for a drummer. Wow. They're still looking for a drummer. And, uh, you know, my thought at the time was, you know, it was, it was a pretty good band we had. And the two guys were auditioning for this guy on Columbia Records. And what about our band? So just on the sort of spur of the moment, I uh, called the ad. I called the guy in the ad. And uh, they hadn't found a drummer yet. And they've been through about 50-something drummers. And I made a, an appointment to... Uh, to go down and play with Bruce and the E Street Band. And uh, that was on a Monday night. And Godspell, the show, which was at uh, the Promenade Theater on Broadway, mm-hmm. was dark on Monday night. So I went and picked up my drums, at least several of my drums, not the whole drum set. And I brought a bass drum and a snare drum and uh, the hi-hat, the cymbals that go up and down. Because it said rock and roll, you know, Chuck Berry to Jerry Lee Lewis. So it was a rock thing, and I didn't feel I needed to carry all those drums out of the theater into my car and down to this rehearsal studio on 54th Street, 30 blocks away. Wow. So I didn't know it at the time, but I presented kind of this minimalist uh, sort of uh, attitude with the less than full drum set, which was impressive because at the time, those big drum sets were coming into vogue. And that usually indicated that the drummer was going to play a lot. And when the ad that I saw in the Village Voice said, drummer wanted no junior Ginger Bakers, uh, well, Ginger Baker was the incredibly talented, flamboyant drummer for the rock band Cream, who, by the way, presently is uh, is not doing so well health-wise. Oh, Send him all of our prayers. But... He was a soloist and, as I said, very flamboyant, and that was not what I did. I was a very good accompanist, which turned out to be exactly what, what Bruce wanted. By the time I met the E Street Band, I'd been, I'd been playing for 16 years, wow. every kind of job you can think of, from subbing in a circus to a you know, Broadway show, and, uh, weddings, bar mitzvahs, cruise ships, you name it, I played it. And I was pretty versatile. 
I could play a lot of different styles of music. I'm sure there were much better drummers in any one particular style, but I could do a bit, little bit of this and a little bit of that. <laughs> Rock and roll was my the great love of my life, but very specifically Chuck Berry type rock and roll. And that wasn't that popular back in 1973 and 74. Wow. And uh, so I had kind of given up on that, and then lo and behold, I meet Bruce, and his songs have that kind of, uh, you know, approach. And uh, I felt like I was home. Amazing. What was it like all these years to have such a powerful music connection in a way that you have on stage with Bruce? fantastic and it's not unique uh, drummers and singers throughout history have always had that kind of uh, simpatico I guess you could call it uh, because the drummer's job is to support the singer and um, you know in non-instrumental music obviously when you have a vocalist you've got to be sensitive to what they're doing so you look at a guy named Irv Kotler Irv Kotler played with Frank Sinatra for 50 years until he passed away. And uh, Sinatra would refer to him as the best vocalist drummer. I heard him sing, but he was the best backup drummer to a vocalist anyone could imagine. And uh, even Ringo with uh, the, the singers and the Beatles, you know, you've got to have the, the right accompaniment approach. And I did. That's how you keep working. You know, uh, no one ever got hired to do a drum solo, except maybe Buddy Rich. <laughs> right. And actually, definitely Buddy Rich got hired to do, to do. But he always had his own bands, or even when he was with Tommy Dorsey in, in, in the 40s. Uh, you know, Buddy Rich was a, a drum star. And my idea was I always wanted to put the focus on the singer and uh, the songs that they were singing. Uh, you got Charlie Watts with the Rolling Stones and... Uh, you know, hard to imagine those songs, those records, those performances without Charlie Watts. So I feel myself uh, a member of the great fraternity of drummers who have frontmen who are formidable performers, in Bruce's case, writer, um, and to have that platform uh, upon which to play and, and perform. Amazing. You just know I'm talking to legendary drummer Max Weinberg. 2014, a crowning moment. You were inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a member of the E Street Band. That, what was that like? That was bittersweet. You know, Clarence and Danny had passed away, and they weren't there with us. And I know how much that night would have meant to them. It was... Uh, uh, yeah, it was, it was a moving night, for sure, uh, largely because of their absence. And for all of us, it was great having my family there. Um, you know, we, uh, it had been, uh, I guess you might say, a long time coming. Um, I know that, that uh, had we you know, gone in maybe earlier in, in uh, our careers, we all would have been up there. Um, but it's a it's a quite a night, quite a, uh, you know. I they bet, give you Max. a minute. To, they give you a minute to talk, and of course, you know, some people ignore that minute and go on and on and on and on. <laughs> it's like um, the Oscars. But yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was uh, you know, it was nice, and they give you a statue, and uh, uh, and you know, you signed your name. That was a pretty cool part. You give them your signature, wow. and they etch it into this glass 
uh, uh, wall, apparently. Uh, I've never seen it, but uh, one of these days I'll get there. That's so cool. So you've played with some of the biggest and most diverse names in music. I mean, Paul McCartney, Bob Dylan, Tony Bennett, Stevie Wonder, Stevie Winwood, Sheryl Crow, James Brown. I could go on and on and on. Could you pick one that actually, like, was there, I couldn't say was there a favorite because that's horrible to say, but was there a moment where you were like, oh, my gosh, look who I'm here with? You know, well, certainly anytime you know, a Beatle was in the room, that's exciting. Uh, you know, I bet. Uh, played with Ringo and Paul. I actually did play with George once, George Harrison, and that was an amazing moment. That was at the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction dinner for, uh, I think it was the Beatles, and it may have been the Beatles. Um, yeah, actually, it was the Beatles induction, and there was an all-star they used to have jams in those days, and it was very impromptu. And Paul Schaefer would beat the band, and there were like 50 people, 50 mm-hmm. musicians on the stage. You had Bruce, Mick Jagger, James Brown, uh, Jeff Beck. And standing in front of me, right at my drums, were George Harrison and Eric Clapton. <laughs> and uh, somebody called out, a whole lot of shaking going on. <laughs> And Paul had his band there, a great band, great drummer, Anton Shig, and they started this song, and it was very sort of straight-ahead, almost hard rock version. And I saw that George Harrison and Eric Clapton weren't playing. They didn't look like they weren't committing to anything until they got a, a handle on what was happening. And George Harrison, who didn't know me, was about two feet away from me. He was right in front of my bass drum. And he turned around, and he said, play a shuffle. So he wanted me to turn the beat into a shuffle. Oh my! Which I did. I knew what he, you know. So he gave me a direction, and I did. And we, he started playing. Clapton started playing, and Eric uh, George Harrison got this big smile on his face because he gave me a direction. He didn't know me at all, but I was able to do it, and I was thrilled because I didn't know him, and um, I was able to take the direction and change the rhythm from a straight-ahead rocker to more like Jerry Lee Lewis played it. And I had to split the difference. So at least our side of the stage was playing what George considered the right oh, beat. Wow. So that was pretty That was pretty amazing. I, through the use of TV and my uh, being the music director on the TV show for so many years, I had the opportunity to play with an unbelievable array of people. Amazing. As you said, Cheryl Crow in her debut TV appearance, a uh, song called Run, Baby, Run. Uh, one of my favorite performances on the late-night program was with a guy named Sleepy LaBeef. Sleepy LaBeef, <laughs> which is a great name, uh, was a contemporary of Elvis's. the a rockabilly singer, and he was about 6'9". He was really tall. And beautiful baritone voice, great guitar player. And we played a song of his uh, called Strange Things Happening. And... It sounded like an old rockabilly band. That was the beauty of playing with those six musicians was we were great chameleons. We could sound like any genre. Wow. So do you have a routine that you follow like before and after shows? Is there something that you do? Um, well, I have a warm-up routine that I do. I find it very important to... Uh, I, practice, I play on a practice pad for about 20 minutes. 
uh, rudiments, which are drummers' scales, like you play scales on a piano. Rudiments are drummers, uh, you know, what composes drumming, really, double strokes and single strokes. And um, then I will also, uh, I have a uh, recumbent bike, and I will work out on a bike for about 15 minutes to get my, you know, blood blood going and my heart rate up. So when I hit the stage, it's not such an incredible shock to the system uh, with Bruce uh, because those shows are so intense. Right. And afterwards, uh, I, I've, I've had operations on my hands, so I soak my hands in ice oh, wow. and ice water. But most, you know, all athletes do that. You know, if you injure yourself, you put, you know, it's called rice rest. You incline your, your, your body part, compression, which stops the blood flow and ice, which reduces the infl- uh, inflammation. Wow. Um, ice is the second one, compression and elevation. So uh, rice, that's what all would-be athletes should remember. And, you know, because playing for drums for four hours is as much athletic as it is musical. Oh, my, I can't even imagine what your hands feel like after that. So you're going to be performing at the Ridgefield Playhouse this Friday night at 8 p.m., um, and the concept for the jukebox tour, how did that happen? Was it, I, I, I believe I read that it was after the 40th anniversary tour for the river um, with Springsteen, you decided to embark on this unique musical endeavor, which fans and critics are praising it for it's never um, the same interactive style. Well, uh, it, it happened about two and a half years ago. I've done about 175 shows. I was booked to play a club in Chicago, and uh, and we played a few, you know, set songs. And then it was such an intimate place um, that I said, anybody have any requests? So suddenly, <laughs> hands went up. <laughs> and uh, the guys who I play with uh, tends to be a revolving cast of uh, musicians. But I, you know, we came up having to play what we call top 40 music. I mean, that was the, the you know, the top 40 songs on the Billboard music chart. And you get really good at knowing songs and or faking them. So it was a ball. People responded unbelievably well to it. The jukebox name came about because, and on the East Coast particularly, they still have jukebox and diners all over the place. Right. And uh, jukebox are where you put your coin in, you get to pick the song. So with Max Weinberg's jukebox, you get to pick the music all night long. We play That's- for about an hour and a half. So cool. And it's very eclectic, everything from the Beatles to the Stones to Bruce, Dave Clark Five, all the English groups from the 60s, the Eagles, uh, Tom Petty, uh, Elvis, Johnny Cash. So it really is like a jukebox because the the hallmark of an actual jukebox jukebox machine is the uh, wide variety of music they have on it. That is so neat. And you're, you're actually talking and engaging with the audience. Well, I do. I tell stories about the songs, what they mean to me. I'll ask them. I go out and do with my microphone and ask them Amazing. why they want to hear a particular song. And somebody will invariably ask for Wonderful Tonight, which, of course, by Eric Clapton, they play as a, as a major prom song. Uh, you know, and, well, they played it in my prom in 1970, in 1980, whatever it was, and... Uh, uh, so it's a fun night. It's not a concert in the classic sense of the audience sits there and enjoys the music. The band plays for them. 
This is very interactive. It's a fun night. That's the idea. We have a lot of fun with it. I'm sure a lot of the thing, a lot of the, your fans have shared stories, um, so many memorable ones to you. I'm sure when they get up and ask you those questions, it must be like it'll mean a lot to you. Yeah, it's amazing what they want to know, what they uh, ask, and, and and then the stuff that I talk about is you know related to the music and something will jog my memory that has to do uh, with my. A career, whether it's playing on TV and, and you know, having a great opportunity to, to back Tony Bennett or James Brown or, uh, you know, Bonnie Raitt, uh, uh, you know, these are the great country artists. And, uh, you know, that, that was a great experience because you really developed chops and, and the discipline of playing on a moment's notice, reading music. I really came of age during the uh, years that I did the late night TV circuit. How fun was that when you did that? TV, TV yeah. is it, well, you try to make it fun, and this was a comedy show, so that that part was always hysterical. Uh, it's a real job. It's a corporate, very corporate job. You know, you're working at a particularly in those days at a high level of broadcasting, um, and as a music director, you're the head of a department, so there's a bit of bureaucracy attached to it, more than a bit, that most musicians really wouldn't want to part to be a part of, but I really enjoyed that part of it, the organization and the, uh, the you know, I was at a right age in my life, in my 40s, to do that, and I, I loved it. Uh, I guess the best part was that I was able to be home every night and be a full-time dad that is- while my kids were growing up. Um, well, that's very rare for musicians. Yes, very. You know, they don't, they don't, these jobs are few and far between. But to have one for 17 years is um, just an incredibly fortunate experience for me and my two children and my wife, Becky. Amazing. Amazing. What a career. What a life. I mean, I would, I, I just pinched myself just being able to talk to you and spend this time with you, which has been really fascinating. Thank you. Max Weinberg, legendary drummer, is going to be at the Ridgefield Playhouse this Friday night at 8 p.m. For tickets, call 203-438-5795. Ridgefield Playhouse is such an intimate place. It's such a wonderful theater. It's like you're being in New York for a night. Um, your oh, audience wonderful. is going to have so much fun with you. Well, that's the idea. We're going to have uh, uh, fun and uh, get away from whatever might be bugging them. And, and the good thing about this show is they pick the songs, and you know every song. You've heard every song so many times, and what we try to do is play these songs with a respect for them and an integrity. Wow. And uh, like I said, we, we've just been having a ball with it. So much fun. I love spending this time with you. Thank you so much. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you, Wendy. I hope to see you there. You got it. Friday night, Ridgefield Playhouse. Max Weinberg is going to be there. For tickets, call 203-438-5795. Thanks again, Max. You're welcome, Wendy. Take care. Bye. This podcast is brought to you in part by Blankwell, the number one weighted blanket in the world. For a limited time only, use code WENDY30 for 30% off all orders. Your Total Wine & More store is ready to serve you with our always low prices on an incredible 8,000 wines and 2,500 beers. Want it today? Try our same-day delivery or contactless curbside pickup at TotalWine.com. 
Whether you're grabbing your favorite beer or pouring a glass to enjoy an evening on the deck, Total Wine & More has you covered. Visit any of our 12 stores in Northern Virginia. Your Total Wine & More store is ready to serve you with our always low prices on an incredible 8,000 wines and 2,500 beers. Want it today? Try our same-day delivery or contactless curbside pickup at TotalWine.com. Whether you're grabbing your favorite beer or pouring a glass to enjoy an evening on the deck, Total Wine & More has you covered. Visit any of our 12 stores in Northern Virginia.